Sports Beat on the Bay. Good morning, everybody. This is Sports Beat 88.7 on your dial for Monday, April 25th, with Dave Percival and Dan Caswell. And Grant's here as well. Uh, for our listeners out there, we're talking fight right now and things of that nature and, and being animated in your. Like fighting with your neighbors. Yes, but yeah. which which I don't do. Yes. Which I do not fight with neighbors. No. What about you guys? I don't even talk to my neighbors. Now, come on. No, Matt. I'm just joking. I, no, I, know, I knew you guys are only kidding. <laughs> How was your weekend? It was great. It was busy. It was fantastic. Well, yours was busy, yeah, was it? Yeah. What did you do this weekend, Dan? Well, the chicken man had his 40th birthday party. Oh, well, happy birthday to Paul Caswell. Wow. That is, that is, he's only 40 years old. Only 40. He doesn't look a day over, a day under 70. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Grant? How are you? I'm doing good. I had a good weekend. Got a lot of stuff done around the house. And I watched the, uh, washed all our windows in our house today because it makes it, I like that. I like standing outside of our house, peering through the window, looking at my family. It just, uh, it's just now it's can do with clean windows. So it's well, good. when your day ends up here, you can head right up to Crestview Drive and do a few okay. up there. Then I don't mind right that. <laughs> I might just, it might become a side job. I enjoy it. There's something nice about starting with something dirty and finishing with it clean. You know, fair like enough. Yeah. Fair enough. I like it. Some accomplishment. Okay, Toronto Maple Leafs. We got. You know what? We're a great. You know what? A good couple of games, guys. After an eight-one debacle that meant nothing, as yep. Dan, as my friend Dan had said. 3-2 uh, lost to Florida. It could have gone either way. Leafs played very well. Uh, that's a team they potentially could be playing. But last night, I loved the way they came back. They were down and out 3-1. Um, I didn't like their chances. Mikheyev sparked it with a goal. Mm-hmm. Uh, good old Jason Spezza with 57 seconds left. Tied it up uh, as he has a tendency to do. And they'd actually called back a goal, a beautiful goal he'd scored. That was a nice one, yeah. And then we had the shootout when I think through eight guys. And that was impressive. And uh, Adam Alex Kerfoot wired one through the guy's legs. A huge win for the Leafs. Yes. What do you think, Daniel? With Spezza also scoring in that as well. A correct. A beautiful yes, goal. Good correct, point. Yes. I was thinking of you at the game before, though, when uh, Mikheyev there dropped the gloves. I'm like, Percy's going to like this. He's showing a little bit of spirit here, a little uh, tenacity, as uh, Percy likes to yeah, say. Yeah, I think he's, I think Mikheyev, you know, he's key, and it looked like he'd hurt his thumb pretty badly. They can't, I, the Leafs are heading into this funny thing where the guys are injured. I wonder about Tavares. Like, they actually said load management for John Tavares. <laughs> they stole Leonard that style. from Kawhi Leonard. But I, you know what? This is a serious time when these guys, if they don't stay healthy, and, and Labushkin blocking Ovechkin's shots, he was gone. Mm-hmm. And that could be a real problem. You don't step in front of those shots, do you? I, you got to love him for doing it, but I think he's out of his mind at this time of the year to be trying to block those shots. Yeah, that's terrible. And Ovechkin looks like he's got a separated shoulder. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would, I would think so. That was and, a nice little trip there. Yeah, I don't. You know what I think? Filthy, I don't think. I don't think it was called for. Trap. I don't think he even knew what he was doing. He was trying to make the saves. Do you think he did? Hundred percent. Really? One hundred percent. To me, as much as I'm a Leaf fan, it looked to me like that. He, I think that's why he went over and gave him a little tap afterwards. Yep. Right. And but I'm back to spat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, enough yeah. of that, right? Yeah, Please. he was just afraid of him. But I think that I think the thing is with uh, Spets and back to Spets again. You know, you, he, they sat him a few times, and and you know, and then the announcers were speaking as if his next goal would be his last of the NHL. And you know, come on, he you he's the one guy in that fourth line and second power play that is uh, when it matters is going to be playing. Do you agree with that, guys? Well, I don't think there's probably only a handful of teams in the NHL that wouldn't want Spezza on his 
in his lineups. Like Good point. he's going to be able to play next year and maybe the year after that, depending on on how like if he can stay uh, injury free because uh, he's still fast enough, skilled enough to be an NHL player. Yeah, for sure. And did you say and that? And as you said, I'm glad you brought up the overtime goal. Beautiful goal. Yeah. Not many guys can score a goal like that. No. Now you know, shifting gears, mm-hmm. and I know that it's yes. not in cement yet for uh, the playoff pitcher, but what is Tampa doing right now? Like, do you think that they, like, they beat, they crushed the uh, Leafs in an 8-1 win, which, again, we said that meant nothing, but then they went off to beat, uh, what was it, Florida last night? 8-3. Eight, 8-4. Eight, eight, yeah. yeah. Like, they are putting up huge, huge numbers. They're a very game. formidable hockey so team. So are they just doing this to get playoff ready and say, you know what, we're going to score as many goals as possible mm. and just keep the pedal down going into the playoffs? Well, you got to respect them for what they're pulling off. I think you're 100% right. They're coming with everything they've got. You know, you, so you have, so you have like, and that's a mental thing too, right? Because you have the Leafs like, oh, yeah, yeah, we'll just, it was 8-1, whatever, we move on. And then they're obviously looking at scores around the league. And here's a team that they're facing first round. They just beat another team by like with eight goals, uh, you know, to a, to a team that the night before they went to overtime with. Yeah, you know, you've got a really good point. I, I, but you know what? It's surprised at this time of the year you think they'd lay off a little bit, but give them credit. And the Leafs are going to look. It appears like the Leafs are going to be playing them. Yeah. So this is going to be this is going to be pretty tough. Hey, Toronto Raptors are they have a bit of life. Yes. I actually watched the game, and uh, Scotty Barnes, oh rookie of the year, Scotty Barnes, they you, your favorite player, yes. Dan, as rookie of the year, and boy, he he is key because Van Fleet is injured. Yep. He came on and actually took on Van Fleet. He's a tremendous athlete, and yep. you know what, three uh, one. But Embiid is injured. He has yes. torn ligaments in his thumb. And you know what? That gives the Raptors an outside shot if they come at him hard. Well, you know, it's... An outside, very It's too bad for Philadelphia is, yes, it gives the Raptors a little bit of a shot to get in, the, to, to win another game. But it's highly unlikely that they win the series. But what I feel sorry for is the Philadelphia team and, and the fans because if Embiid's not healthy, like this is just round one. You got to win a, like three more rounds to win the championship, and if he's not healthy and he's got a torn ligaments in his thumb, they're they're done for their championship run. Yeah, you're right. You're very yeah, very true. And for, but Van Fleet being out doesn't help the Raptors in the least either. No. And they're saying he's questionable, so he'll probably try to play. But hey, they've still got a bit of life. They're on life support, but they're but they're hanging in there. Tonight they play again in Philadelphia, so it should be a good game. Yep. The Toronto Blue Jays, uh, first place Blue Jays, and as you said, Dan. How did how did you like the way they looked against Houston? Well, taking Houston, two or three. Well, Houston's awesome. Like cheating or not, they're a great team, and they're going to they're going to win a lot of games. And they looked almost like a team that was going to sweep them this series. Like they were, uh, they, they went to extra innings, and uh, you know they they couldn't get it done. But I think they have some nice surprises right now that you know with collins the catcher looks fantastic uh, uh, uh tapia right espinal has been tremendous uh, yeah, and i mean it's uh they got some nice pieces that have, are really playing well right now well you know what you gotta like if you're a blue jays fan they're 10 and 6 and they're in first place tied for first 16 yep. games in and nobody has collectively put it all together at one time 
No. Like, they're really not driving in a lot of runs. They're winning low-scoring uh, games. This is a really, really talented team, and, <laughs> and we know how exciting this is going to get when they all start to hit. Yeah. Now, there's. can I throw one at you? Yep. Did you catch happen to see the performance of Kyle Schwarber going crazy at the umpire? Yes. All right, we got to talk about this. Angel Hernandez has been around for years, and he is notoriously now uh, doesn't seem to get any of the strikes right. How do you like this number, Dan? 29% of the calls that you get on the automated, he missed. Yeah. He's missing 3 out of 10 calls. What what do they do moving forward? Now, the good news is it affected both teams yep. yesterday. But what, do you go to, are, are they going to go to a mechanized strike calling thing at some point? Do you ever see that happening, Dan? Well, maybe they should uh, lower the maximum age for umpires. You know, like do you have a very older group of umpires that are doing this and maybe they need to actually get uh, better uh, umpires in there rather than having like like West. Like these guys are not young human so, beings. So if I'm 60 and he's my age, are you saying that I couldn't call strikes the same as I would have called strikes at 40? Correct. I don't know, Grant. Those are fighting words in, in itself. Forget the neighbors. It's ageism, and I'm very, you, well, you're and I'm very offended. Umpire, so don't stay in your lane, Percy. <laughs> yeah, I guess you're right. Stay <laughs> I'm in my not lane. saying you're a bad umpire right now. <laughs> I'm not an umpire. That's. <laughs> I just thought you were knocking old guys. I am knocking old have, guys. You shouldn't have to put up with that. Your eyesight deteriorates as you get older. <laughs> oh, I'm telling. That's you. all I, I'm saying. <laughs> and you want to know what these catchers are awesome at framing pitches? Yeah, are they ever? Are they they ever. are fantastic. Like. Like guys like Buster Posey, like they they make a, a ball every day a strike. Yeah, they they bring it back in. Yeah. They, they they are really good. You're right. Yeah. So and and maybe the umps just need to recognize like they need to see the ball before it gets in the catcher's mitt to call it what it is. Well, yeah, and I and we laugh about it, but the ball's coming at 95 mile an hour most like times. Officiating, so. Like we always talk about officiating. Like it's it's mediocre at best in most leagues. But maybe it's always been mediocre because they never had the ability to to frame the strikes and where they were in the yeah. old days, right? So it didn't like matter. they may go to like that automated stuff, and if they do, uh, what's what's to say if for whatever reason the uh, the computer that's doing it mucks up? Exactly. So do they have like a a human eye to say, okay, that actually was a ball and it's not a strike? So well, now they, it's going reverse? Well, they use it in tennis a bit, so maybe they should all go that right with the oh. line calls, right? So the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, very good, Dano. Um, Guy Lafleur. Yes. You know, what What a great athlete. Uh, you know, you follow Guy Lafleur, and, you know, I hated the Montreal Canadiens in their day. Hated them because as a Leaf fan, I got tired of them beating the Leafs. I got tired, tired of it, and it was going to happen, but he was an outstanding. I always liked him with the hair flowing, and I like anybody with flowing hair, but he was he was exceptional. <laughs> Like Grant. Grant, 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 Grant has, has flowing hair today, hair. by the way. He's got great hair. Um, LaFleur came out of, you know, it's amazing. Quebec Major Junior Tournament as a 12-year-old, he was he was scouted at that point. Yep. The guy was just the best. He had 650 goal seasons, but what caught my attention in heart trophies and everything else, and he beat the Leafs numerous times, was he, Lemaire was his center, Jacques Lemaire for years, and he couldn't play for Lemaire. He retired when Lemaire became the coach because Lemaire was all about defense. Yeah. And then he, he took three years and ended up as a New York Ranger at the end of his career. But, you know, you got to mention, he was a legend. Yes, he was. An absolute legend and will be missed because, as I said, there aren't many guys like Guy Lafleur, and 
he was amazing. And the the fans, the Montreal fans, they are, you know what? They're a different breed. Like they, like I know you're passionate as a Leaf fan, and I'm not taking any away from Leaf fans, but Montreal Canadian fans are just it's it's exceptional. Like they had that 10 minute standing ovation on Saturday night. Uh, they wouldn't even let the the uh, announcer start with the ceremony. Like they kept on interrupting by cheering and calling gee 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 and like it just it doesn't happen any. I'm all I'm saying is that doesn't happen anywhere else. Anywhere else. No, no, that's right. I think that whole what you're saying spills right over into that province as a whole. In my humble opinion, very very passionate people, very proud. Yes. Yeah. So he's on the same level as Richard and John Beliveau, and that's and and there are there's only three of them. You know, but good on Montreal and and you know and sorry about Guy Lafleur. Now. Locally, and I think, uh, well, let's talk Russian first. Let's talk the Russians being barred. Dano, you lead us in on this one. Yes. So we've got to talk so about I, this. I, well, I wanted to mention this on Friday, but I, I, I thought this was like a conversation piece for, All the, right. for the three of us uh, because we have brought this up before. So Wimbledon, Grant, has uh, announced last week mm-hmm. that Russian and Belarusian players are not allowed to compete at Wimbledon. Right. So. Uh, you know, the, of of all those players, the one that really sticks out is number two, Daniel Medvedev. Yeah, that's right. And so, what what are your thoughts, Percy, about Wimbledon saying, you know, with what's going on in Ukraine, uh, we're not going to permit these players to well, we, compete? Yeah, we know it's an atrocity, but my opinion is it's it's horrible what the, the the Russian army is doing to the Ukrainians. But these players have no say in any of it, and we were and my, so my belief is picking away at a bunch of uh, individual celebrity tennis and sports players makes no sense whatsoever. I have no use for it. They should they should not be barred now. I I beg there's people that may disagree with me vehemently, but I I just don't understand it. Yeah, for sure. Well, where do you stop? Does that mean that every every Russian player in the NHL suddenly is not allowed to play in the NHL? I mean, come on. Yep. Like where, where do you you know, I I just I kind of I agree with what you're saying. I mean, it's horrible what's going on, the atrocities. But I mean, you know, these are these are professional athletes who are. Yeah, I don't know. I just don't see how they should be penalized. But then again, there'd be people that would tell me that I'm out of my mind for thinking that way as well. And what about you, Daniel? Well, they've Daniel. turned the, uh, they've turned the taps off for the what is it? The oligarchs. Mm-hmm. Oligarchs. Yeah, oligarchs. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and you know they've uh, seized property of of private people like or, or, or citizens of Russia Condos, on, a, yachts, on, a, on a financial yeah. basis, and you know it seems like the sporting world was untouched, and now they're doing this as well. Like I I don't understand why the, these sanctions are coming down on the on the personal side of things because you're right. They aren't the ones that are are involved. Like it's mm-hmm. it's the government, but but maybe if all sports and all facets, whether it's uh, athletics, education, arts, all that, if it is it if it's consistent across the board, right? So you have them turning the taps off of the the billionaires. You have you know these tennis players that are all the sports, every all the sports, every all arts, the, level. arts, everything. Mm-hmm. You just draw a line in the sand and say, yeah, it is 
you are now barred from whatever you're doing or you were, you know, you're not allowed to do this, then perhaps that might mean something to the Russian decision makers uh, for this war. But for the tennis, for these guys to like Daniel Medvedev not to be able to compete for a Wimbledon championship, it means nothing. He's not going to call up Putin and say, hey, pull out. I want to I want to win. Yeah. I want to win the plate. Yeah, exactly. You know? exactly. I got to win this championship. It all it is is it makes it makes those individuals even more pissed off at Western society. Yeah, most definitely. So yeah, so it's a good, it's quite a topic, but uh, and we and we all have a an opinion that's quite similar. Yeah. Um, so we seem to be doing this a little too often on our show, but this is one today that I have to mention. I was very saddened to hear about uh, Bill Muckler, Big Muck passed away last week. And uh, just a little bit of background for people who may not know uh, the, the full history. In the early 70s, uh, my dad and Bill Muckler worked together at the MTO and Big Muck worked, they lived in Paris, Ontario. Moved here in the early 70s. Um, they, I remember it like it was yesterday where my parents said they're coming to our house and, and they've got a son your age. Um, so the families became ingrained. We spent every weekend at the Muckler's house or they were at our house for years. So I've got a great history with Bill Muckler. Now the positive, I'm smiling when I say this. He was a great guy in the sense that he did so much for the community. Mm -hmm. He, um, what I'll mention something that a lot of people didn't know. He was an outstanding fastball player. He played for the Huntsville Merchants first base when we were kids, and he was really good. And he wasn't young either. He had huge home run power, which a lot of people didn't know. Um, he had involved coaching kids sports he and my dad coached minor ball together and coached us in baseball which i'd actually forgotten um he was heavily involved in kids minor hockey coached his son uh, grandson ben in uh peewee urbanum uh then morphed that into a, a general managership with the uh, huntsville which were the blair mccann's at the time but he was involved for years as the gm of, uh, of our junior c hockey team um, he was a he was a character. He was a funny man. He was uh, you certainly knew where he stood on everything. Um, he was pretty boisterous. And Dan, want you want me to tell the quick story? Uh, absolutely. Now Bill will probably be listening to this today. His son, da uh, Basil McRae, was a terrifically gifted kids hockey player. We were all afraid of him. I was I'm scared even beyond the super tough in the NHL. The, yes. Uh, I remember Gravenhurst Arena, Big Muck and Basil McRae's father get into a fist fight back in the day where people f would would fight. And uh, my dad said, I could see what the skirmish, my dad said it was the best fight he ever saw. Uh, you have two big, powerful men. Um, virtually impossible for any other man to break it up. And wow. uh, so he could he could handle himself too. Like there were certainly times when you didn't want to cross him when he was a young guy. Now, did anyone try to break it up? Uh, I understand there was a fellow, a local guy, I won't name him, that uh, got in the turmoil and got hit pretty hard <laughs> trying to break it up. But uh, but Big Muck, uh, Deerhurst later in life after MTO, he was a, a starter out there, did a lot of things. He was just a great guy. And uh, you know what? I my condolences to Barb, Jamie, and Bill. He was he was the best. So uh, well yeah. said. So we've so we've had a good show yes. as always, yeah. and we figured out about the Russians yep. and the war. Yep. Well, no, we haven't figured out about the war, but no, we've no. got everything under under wraps. But this is great fun, great fun, guys. Rotten old day out there, but uh, hey, we got to have a bit of rain, more sunshine tomorrow. Is there anything oh, else? End you, of the week. End of the week. Is there anything else you want to talk about today, Dan? Well, quickly, I should just mention the F one 
or Jeff might cancel us, right? Yeah, well, let's talk about okay, it. So, All right. So we had Verstappen in Mola, which is Italy. You got uh, Ferrari that's back on top now. They had a poor showing. It was They were lined up that they could have been one and two this weekend in, in Italy, which would have been great for Ferrari and great for the uh, passionate Italian fans. But it ended up being one, two Red Bull with Verstappen first, Perez second, and Lando Norris. I wonder if these his parents are... Uh, you know, fans of Star Wars, naming Lando. Anyways, but Lando Norris was uh, thir- third, and Hamilton. Where Lewis was Lewis Hamilton? 14th. Oh, boy. So that's probably more newsworthy than any of it at all, besides, you know, Red Bull going 1-2 for the first time since 2016. But that, like, that in itself, there's something going on there. Like, obviously, he's in a, in a terrible car, but his teammate, new to Mercedes, uh, George Russell, has finished uh, in the top five, or finished fourth, I believe, in every race this season. Interesting. So here he is. He's got, you know, he's probably not in a much better of a car, but he seems to be getting it done, which is great. But yeah, I, I, it's uh, Hamilton is, uh, he has not uh, done well this year. He's something like 60 points behind the leader, and we're only four races in. Yeah, and I thought he was an automatic. So, so Jeff, if you're listening, that should make you very happy. Yes. A strong report yeah. on motorsports. Yeah. We're not going to get canceled. I bet you we get a show on Wednesday, too. Well, I'm hoping we can get in, come in here on Wednesday. I'll tell you what. To our listeners, have a fantastic day. I'm Dave for Dan and Grant. Take care. We'll be back on Wednesday with more sports.